welcome to the podcast. It's Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. This is Bonnie, and over there in Tennessee is... Karen, with with normal hair, and I just need to quickly, you know, steal this from you. What a shock. Yeah. And say that when we got on Zoom, and I saw you and your... Gwen Shamblin Laura hair. She has it yeah. all teased up just like Gwen Shamblin did. And uh, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And unfortunately, not only did we not have record set, but she didn't have her hookup to hear a genuine <laughs> laugh out of my mouth. From now on, it's just air like usual. But it was a well, great I did laugh. it all for you, obviously. Um, and a little bit for me, because I will not lie. I, if I could have my hair high like this, I might, if it were socially acceptable, I'd be excited. Okay. I mean, it adds volume to my round pie face. See, and we're going to get into that, uh, your round pie face, which you don't what? have. But <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into the hair maneuvers of... Gwen Lara Shamblin, Gwen Shamblin Yeah, so that's Lara. the topic, just in case you're not reading what the topic is what? on your um, your thing that catches podcasts. We're going we're gonna to give you more information about where to find us on social media later, but Karen has a couple announcements. Yeah, please take get your into, <laughs> Before we get into Gwen Shamblin. <laughs> no, all I was going to say is... Two things. Look in the details of this episode and you can see how to win a Celebrity Saints candle. And there aren't a lot of people entered right now, so your chances are good. And then also, I hadn't told you this, but an organization that I really like is Black Nonbelievers. And it's an organization, obviously, that helps promote, educate, support especially in America, black non-believers. And statistics just came out about how many of them hide that fact because they're going to be ostracized from family and the community. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's so much more cultural than it is for us, you know, palm-colored people. But also there is a higher rate of depression So they are doing a fundraiser right now. We went ahead and donated in the name of this podcast because our great sponsors and people who believe in us are so great that, yeah, we wanted to pass it on to people who suffer more mentally. So go find them. Look them up. Blacknonbelievers.org. I like that idea. It's, it's, yeah. I like when people like do things like you and I, we don't really do anything. I mean, you fluffed your hair, but we don't do anything. <laughs> well, I, I like the whole idea that if you're so enmeshed in family, you know, getting together, having dinner, just it, just talking and relating mm-hmm. and you can't get the church out of that. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, you want to get into talking about Gwen? I would love to talk about Gwen. Well, let's also say that we wanted to talk about Gwen a while back, and tragically, she passed away in in an airplane accident on May 29th of this year. Yeah. And she was going to fly from where I am to where you are. Which I just, I'm always fascinated by the fact that there's some kind of secret tunnel between those two places. I know. And the relationship. Oh, my God. And none of the people who travel it are good. There's okay, it's a problem. <laughs> um, but uh, but we, we were always fascinated by her because she leads a big church near you. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about her briefly one time when we were talking about uh, different leaders of churches. With And she's got a very, very specific, um, how do you say it, look? I would say look is the word. <laughs> look. Um, at most recently, and maybe like the last five or six years, I don't know how many really, she's got her hair and it's blonde, like bleach blonde, blonde looking. Mm-hmm. And it's super teased up. 
about very. it's got to be five inches above it's, her scalp. Totally. And that's a lot. And let's just say she's a tiny, okay, past tense. She was a tiny woman. Petite. Dolly Parton kind of petite. Okay. Without any meat on her like Dolly Parton, though. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Very. (laughs) And because we're going to get into diet culture, because that's what she, you know, that's how she started and what she did. Even the last few years, you could tell that she was losing even more, like, muscle tone and everything. So she was super skinny. But what you said about the hair, I think that was a whole idea. Because the bigger the hair, the smaller the body can look in proportion. Right. Which is why I like it on my face. Oh my gosh, when we were in college, we <laughs> we we had bangs that were so high. Your bangs great. were high, Bonnie. My bangs were high. Your bangs were high too, but Mine were I curly, just really though. <laughs> I embraced the texturizing shears. <laughs> <laughs> so my hair was curly and then it, what I would do is the curly part at the top, I would get a blow dryer and blow it up and put the hairspray in the blow stream. Yeah. So yeah. that it would stick it up. But yeah. you had a straight waterfall, forward waterfall. Yeah, and the rest was straight. So it was straight with a claw. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and they were never high enough, in my personal opinion, because there was a girl on the hall in our dorm. Hers were high. And they yeah. were thin and scraggly, but they were really high. Yeah. I never knew how she, she got it that She can get way. that height. Get that. It was Aussie scrunch spray that, and the Paul Mitchell freeze spray. Yep. And, and really you, at one point, your mom brought you home uh, a brush that had hairspray built into it, and you could <gasps> pump the spray and brush concurrently at the Ooh. same time. Yeah, that's so weird. Got the roots. Since I had curly hair, which makes it yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but I I agree. Mm-hmm. And Gwen's hair, like people, are like okay, how can you trust anyone with that hair, that look? You know, the the heavy lip liner. And it's all the same look of all those televangelists, wives and women on TV. And Trump did that, too. Like, these people grew up watching Jim and Tammy Baker, watching all the other Fruit Loops. And (laughs) so I guess it became more ingrained in their minds, like, that is acceptable hair in society. Because that's what I'm looking at all the time. But in in defense of of everyone else but Gwen, no one's hair was this high. <laughs> no uh, one's. <laughs> it's, it's it's that you know. Oh, can I get skinny enough? Oh, can I my hair get high enough? So right. I guess it was just some. Wow, I don't. And the know. other thing that's fascinating is how much hair must she have had? I do not think that it was fake hair either, because when you look at her from the early days, yeah. it was thick and it just naturally went up and swooshed. And you know, you add bleach to that, and it just makes it more manageable. <laughs> so so this, this is what I think. Now that I'm on TikTok, I have come across in my algorithms. The hairdresser ones, where people go to the hairdresser, and then their hair looks somewhat normal, and they Uh pick it up, and there is matted hair underneath. (laughs) So maybe she's got, like, a situation there. But she did have a hairdresser, it said, who came and did her hair for free. Because in the church, you get all these perks. You get people wanting to do stuff for you. Some people thought that it was extensions, but they're... There's an apparatus. Not me. <laughs> there is something that it's not just a bump it. It's a it's a mountain it. It's well, a, I think 
you nailed it when you said that they pull and there's like a rat nest. You, if you section it off and rat mm-hmm. it and spray it down and have it go flume, and then the next one flumes over it, and then you comb the top. I've watched this at my hair salon where they deal with a lot of elderly people who right. only have their hair set once a week. Um, I watch them tease and then comb, and like, so you're right, underneath there. It's just a ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> but how she avoids breakage, I don't know. I think she had really thick hair to start with. Um, I, can you imagine, like, her getting out of the shower and just, you know, when you just see the deflated, like, like drowned like rat Like when you the dog yes. fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're tiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves talking about the perks of being a member of her church. Should we start with a little chronological information? She was born a baby with so much (laughs) hair. Um, (laughs) Oh, let me get back to the hair. Someone else said, made a good point. When you're dieting that much, you Uh can lose hair. So who knows what the situation was in general. We don't know. Um, Yes, that's it. So the whole deal with Gwen, why we're doing it now, is HBO came out with a three-part series called The Way Down because it was a little bit of a uh, pun on her weight loss books that we'll get into. That was filmed before she died. So they're going to come back in January and do a few more. So we're not going to tell you everything that was in the series We're going to add to it. We have bits. We have pieces. It's going to surprise. It's going to shock. It's going to fill out the whole story for you. And you can listen to it rather than watch it. So just picture a lot of hair there. But the bottom line... (laughs) And there's so many parts. There are so many stories. Tons of stories. That fall under the Gwen Shamblin umbrella. Unbelievable. So a quick anecdote before we go in is that I also made a little TikTok about this. My husband and I were going somewhere the other day, and there's a road that we were taking. And in that part, it's only two lanes. And that's the road that her church is on. It's called the Remnant. And we were driving by, and I'm like, pull in. And of course, he's like, oh, no. I'm like, just do it. Um, so we pull in, and it's a windy driveway. But before you even get there, because it was the first Sunday since the HBO special was released, there was a tent with two men sitting in lawn chairs. Yeah. And they waved. And then I said, and, eh, you know, turn around, because my husband was like, I, I'm not about this life. And so we turned around, but I said, stop, I want to get a video or a picture. And he's like, okay. So I pretended I was doing something in our truck. Uh, we don't own a truck. In our trunk. And, um, and I just couldn't get any good stuff. So anyway. Mm-hmm. But on so the way on that. So they didn't kick you off the property. No, we didn't get, we didn't get to talk to each other. We weren't that close at all. Okay. The interesting part is that less than a mile from there, as we were headed there, there's a billboard that I never noticed. Doesn't mean that it wasn't always there, but it was advertising the HBO show. So (laughs) everyone going to that church has to come across that. And from what I've heard, the filmmakers are so against this church and they want people to know to get out that, you know, they're like, oh, well, fuck it. Yeah, and they're against it because they are really positioning it as a cult. Yes, yeah. And once you hear bits of information about it, um, it I think it's really a nice idea that we waited because it really was something else. I mean, I guess it still is. Right. It was. It's good to have that distance and for us not to be like, Yay, someone died. Let's look at that. Right. Ghoulish. So here's a little bit of history about Gwen Shamblin. She grew up as a kid in the Church of Christ. And I don't remember if we touched on Church of Christ before or not. Um, But in their church, the women aren't even allowed to speak. 
in the church. So they're certainly not leaders. So she grew up in a very repressed dynamic. And they weren't allowed to have instruments in the church. I remember that. (laughs) Just the instrument of their dulcet tones of voice. (laughs) Oh, so... um, she didn't venture far from home. Um, no, she and didn't. her 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 voice, which you get to hear a lot of in this documentary, she's got this southern accent where some words are turned from one syllable words into three. Mm-hmm. Like she's constantly referring to Jesus or God as him, but it's him. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Him. Uh, so she didn't venture far from home. And went to college at University of Tennessee. Go uh, Vols. Yeah. Rocky and, Top. <laughs> uh, Rocky Top? You'll always yeah, be that's home, their thing. home to me. Yeah, yeah, they sing that. They swing things around. And the things. my daughter went there. <laughs> yes. I'm sure there's a specific thing they swing around. They swing their hair extensions. Woo! Uh, so... At University of Tennessee, which is a while ago, uh, it's impressive that, A, she went there after growing up in a church where (laughs) women weren't allowed to speak, Mm -hmm. um, and she studied nutrition. Yeah, I heard that not only did she go to UT, but she got a master's degree in that from Memphis State University, and... Then she was like a consultant on the faculty there for five years. So, I mean, she had like a real career in the whole, you know, this is what you should eat. This is not what you should eat. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, it struck her that the idea that she was going to talk about in her weight control workshops was really similar to what we're talking about these days called intuitive eating. And mm-hmm. it's it makes sense. And she said she was trying to figure out how thin people ate. And it's it's so sadly, pitifully obvious. Oh, eat when you're hungry. That's oh, it. I see, I see, I Only see. eat when you're hungry and pay attention to your body's cues and signals, which I can tell you go away if you eat too much. Right. They just, all of a sudden you're like, am I ever hungry? No, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just eating for sport. Um, <laughs> so d- different from... From the workshops that they talk about these days with intuitive eating, where you listen to your body cues, I heard her at one point say, um, only eat when your stomach's growling. And I'm sure she said in with an apostrophe. Yeah. Which is different for different people just because of uh, the mechanisms of our, our stomachs. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would always do it in second period in high school. <laughs> so... There was, uh, there was a girl in, uh, in I want to say it was, yeah, second or third period. I would look over and she had already cracked into her lunch. <laughs> that was me. I'd be so embarrassed. It's like, but I guess I was holy. Whatever. You were holy. Um, but, and the same way when I get home, if I haven't eaten, you know, if lunch was a long time ago, I will get home and I'll be blinking and like so twitchy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't necessarily feel hungry, but boy, are my eyes telling me, <laughs> <laughs> blink, blink, twitch, twitch, um, that I am. So, so those, that was like the, the nugget that started the whole thing. Right. The weight, the weight conversation. And it's fascinating because I also read that, you know, so she's combining God and Jesus and food and all that. And it's interesting how she said, and if you, you know, feel tempted when you're not hungry to eat something, focus on God, focus on Jesus. So what you're doing is you're taking your, your focus, which... Let's admit it. It's all of us. We're all already thinking what's for lunch, what's for dinner, because we have to do preparations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she said, you know, focus on God and Jesus at those times. So it really is a good mind trick, but you could do that with anything. You could be like, focus on John Taylor from Duran Duran. Like, it, it's, 
anything that Where's gets that you. gathering? Who does? Yeah, <laughs> my house, ten o'clock. Um, <laughs> One person. <laughs> but the idea of yeah, focusing on something else to get you past that is—it's not genius, but it—it's a good method. Well, guess what else? It's not really that new of a concept because when people fast in religions, that's the whole idea. Oh, you feel hungry? That's the time that you're supposed to be thinking about God. So she just took some nice concepts from various places, married them together, and came up with this way down workshop. And it was it was a marrying of of the whole God component and the mm-hmm. dieting component. And she said, eat whatever you want, just only eat when you're physically hungry, which is a lovely way to exist. Um, and I know some normal people like that. And yeah, I'm so I don't get it. You don't get yeah. it? I don't either. <laughs> like, how can you not want crap all the time? But yeah. but that's my personal trauma. <laughs> anyway, um, this this way down workshop ended up uh, taking off, and then by like ninety five, which is a lot of time later, this program was in over a thousand U.S. churches and in Europe. And that's that's the third component. So you had God, you had the her diet background, but you also had desperate people and mostly yep. desperate women, and. Yeah feeling bad about themselves, trying to understand love, acceptance, which you hear a lot about in the church in general. So Yeah, and you probably didn't talk about it as much as we talk about things today. So I suspect it was very much on the surface of like, here's what you need to do to lose weight. Here's what you do when you're hungry. And she said she wanted to tell people instead when you're um, when you're going to the refrigerator and so oh instead of worshiping the refrigerator worship God. Yeah, and I heard that she also never touted nutritious foods. It was diet soda, and you know there wasn't anything about fruits and vegetables or this and that. It was more. The amount. It's what I'm going to, I have a new concept. It's called portion control. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's my new thing. But yeah, (laughs) she was just doing that without any of the nutrients, any of all that. Right. You can eat anything you want if you only eat one bite of it. Yeah. Hello. Um, Ow. (laughs) When you said the Diet Coke thing, I will bust into a little bit of what was in the documentary. Mm -hmm. They were showing these kids and a family eating, and they had a Diet Coke with them. Oh, really? Meanwhile, they're eating piles of food and pouring ketchup on everything. But (laughs) somehow it always cracks me up how the Diet Coke, you know, makes everything fine. That makes me go, did you really have a master's in diet and nutrition? Right. (laughs) Or are you just saying, I want to make money and this will get people to lose weight quickly and then I'll sell more books and classes? Yeah. Or, and you're not going to like this, Uh did she really believe that it was a message from God? And I think that that might have been. Bonnie, Bonnie, (laughs) remember, we hear from God what we want well, we, God to say. <laughs> and right. for her, it's your special. This is your mission. You're going to help so many people. People are going to be freed. And, you know, you're going to be the center of attention in one way or another. Yeah. And if you think of the idea that what we know about nutrition changes, like there were year, years ago, they're like, oh, sugar's bad. And then they were like, no, 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 fat's bad. And now they're back to uh, sugar's bad. She probably realized that things were changing mm-hmm. and changed. Um, and so maybe she thought, well, you know what? This is how I see it working. So why wouldn't what she didn't learn in college right. be legitimate if things yeah. changed? Um, so apparently then, uh, there were a lot of books she wrote. Yes. And then with that is the workbooks, the tapes. Remember the tapes that would come in like a a little vinylish book and you would pull it open and all the tapes would be like cassette one, cassette two. Yeah. Yeah, So that they were in a size, (laughs) 
Right. And um, the vinyl thing would be in a size like a coffee table book right. so that they could put it in the shelves as though it were a book. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and some of the ladies in these programs were like, yeah, you couldn't just go to the program. No. You had to buy the book and you had to buy the, the workbooks. Right. And all the accoutrement that goes well, with it. And it's like Weight Watchers, which I had done in the past. So you get the, you know, you're doing the, I lost this much weight. Praise the Lord. You know, you get yep. congratulated or prayed over or whatever. And you need to get the little workbooks to fill out and all that. Yep. And then when it's combined with God, I mean... I can see the mind fuck of just being like, this is holy. I'm respecting the the vessel God gave me. Yeah. And that's All what that. she said is like, this is evidence that God is supporting us. And like, how did she put it? Like God's on our side or that we're doing the right thing or that we're godly. I don't know. Yeah. Or but my hair was, looks but that's, right. <laughs> but having a number on the scale change is that's harder evidence than a lot of miracles. True, true. Um, and sometimes weight loss is a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she did a lot of media appearances. Yes, she did. I think she became very popular because people started hearing about her, whether they were Christian or not. And then also I heard a lot of feedback from people who had done her course at their church. Really? And they would bring their daughters. So yeah. I heard from a lot of the daughters and, you know, a lot of it, of course, would end up with disordered eating because, yeah, it's a mind fuck all the way around. But I remember the whole Christian diet culture and exercise and all that. Really? I also wanted to say it's one of those things where it, it's it's a much more natural feeling community when you mix God with it. Mm-hmm. If right. you think about going to a Weight Watchers workshop, I don't know how many friends you make there, right. but if you go to something that's affiliated with a church, that's going to feel like a really super strong community because you're going to have two things working on your brain. Very true. Together. So yeah. what's your experience with these things and uh, where they were in the church? Well, I led one called Karen's Kraken. No. Okay. <laughs> Karen's Cracker Barrel experience. Yeah. Karen's Cracker Barrel diet. Uh, no, like I just remember that in different churches and even when I was with training with mission work, it would be very much like <clears throat> your body is a vessel. You need to take care of it. So we would do like different aerobics at one time. I mean, you you obviously have the whole concept of praying before a meal, saying thank you, yeah. God, for this meal. So you already have like this tiny little guilt that starts building in of what you're thankful for and would God really like the shit you're eating sometimes. (laughs) I remember so many of these little classes. So there is one, I'm going to say, I'm going to look it up right now because I remember what it is. But there were different churches who had these little groups that would mostly be women and it would all be about weight loss, taking care of your body, moving in a holy way, all these Mm -hmm. things. There was one that I saw a lot called Tops. And it Tops. Yes. Let me see if I can figure out what it stands for. Terrific, orderly, personable salutations. <laughs> right. So I think tops, the only words I could come uh, up. I think it was taking off pounds. Okay. And it would be in all these different churches. So it made it like this natural part. Like, okay, you can go to Sunday school. We've got a kids thing. Uh, we've got tops. And I remember like my friend going to her church and it having that. And I thought, that's weird. That to me is off campus activity. 
that is now being brought on campus. So Yeah, but it makes sense to take things like that and suck them into the church. So I remember I had to do this terrible thing that I am not going to talk about on like a daily show in Nashville. I was helping out a friend. Okay, here it is. She ran <laughs> I'm not talk about it. She ran a rental maternity dress store. I was a model. I had on a fake belly. That's the end of that. Nice. During that taping, which no one watched, it was like, we're going to have these loser ladies come out and then we're going to make a burrito casserole that, you know, (laughs) would discount bean products. But the other person on it had written a book about what would Jesus eat. And there oh. are two different kinds of these books. There was one that, you know, this is what would have been available in his time. Well, both of those have that. But one then really gets into <laughs> the how to lose weight, how to eat like Jesus ate. And oh, it fish? sells. Yes, it <laughs> sells like crazy. <laughs> And it's like what the Bible says to avoid, you should. And what the Bible says to eat, you should. And oh, my God. So I looked on the reviews for that one that goes Uh hand in hand with the Way Down Diet. I mean, these books have thousands and thousands of reviews, and most of them are positive. Here's a positive one that gives insight into the kind of people who really want to find these uh, type of programs. This person gave it five out of five stars. What would Jesus say? And it says, <laughs> this is an excellent book to add to your library. Mm. I've wondered what types of food did Jesus eat, especially in the region that he was born and raised. The Son of God must have been perfect weight and height. I know for a fact. <laughs> That he did plenty of exercise doing all that walking. (laughs) Besides, he was a carpenter. That means he probably had to fetch heavy pieces of wood from time to time. And this reviewer, let me just say, puts weird words in all caps or in parentheses. (laughs) So, yeah, quotes. So she put heavy piece, you know, heavy, I don't know. And then she wrote, Jesus must... Have none of gluttony and self-control. I don't... uh, Anyway. And how to discipline his body to eat nutritious foods. Yeah. With those questions in mind, I found myself ordering this book because the doctor who wrote it is a all-caps Christian and regularly appears on Kenneth Copeland. (laughs) I respect that now I know He's not a quack. I'm like, oh, man. So that is the kind of person who is getting this kind of diet book. Uh, Now, in the low, two out of five stars is my favorite. It says... (laughs) (laughs) This is where the good ones are. And it's just one quote that says, I love the idea, but you can't tell me Jesus ate low-fat yogurt. (laughs) Because that is no joke. That's what's in this book. Like, they would get these verses, and they would get, you know, okay, he was in the Mediterranean, and so they'd just mix in the Mediterranean diet and be like, this is probably what Jesus did, and this is what you should do. And in her books, the reviews are generally the same, although very early on, 2002, 2008, 2012, I saw some negative ones popping up where people are like, hey, I went to this church, I got involved, I wanted to know more about this, and you all need to beware. Mm. So there were obviously these little things peeking out the whole time. I like the whole idea that possibly people were saying, what would Jesus eat? Well, and he, yeah, he drank wine, but somehow it wasn't alcoholic wine for the Baptists. Right, right. <laughs> like, like, we're going to use this book, but not all the parts of it. And it's exactly, it's all going to be just what we appreciate and what yeah. we have a little bit of taste for. 
But can you imagine just <laughs> like, all right, let's have more unleavened bread. Uh, <laughs> we can't have figs because he cursed a fig tree. So no fig newtons. Well, did they even get into the whole cloven foot animals kind of <laughs> restrictions from the I Old Testament? I bet they did. Yeah, I bet they just, you know, they milked all that for what it was worth. But the diet culture with Christianity really did take off in the 80s when she was starting to do it. So I bet she raked in the dough. I'm loving dough. (laughs) I'm sure. So back to the chronology of events with her. So by 95, this program was in over a 1,000 U.S. churches and in Europe. So by 1999, she was convinced that her message was the only way to achieve godliness or the way to God, whatever, and she created the Remnant Fellowship Church. And the Remnant, there's some kind of verse about a remnant of followers. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be the ones who really know what's going on. I don't know what verse it is, and I'm not saying that in a biblical (laughs) <laughs> a biblically smart way, but I remember that word remnant. Um, so, and here we go again with um, this subset of religion. It's the only way. Right. So she has to sell the whole thing to everybody. Oh, this is the only way. Yeah. And um, there was there was something like, uh, I think in 1999 or 2000, she had a big a big gathering and said, okay, people, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to form this church and you can either believe or you can get out. (laughs) Like half the people stayed and half got the hell out. Right. But having half stay, that's a big, that's a big coup. It is. She had something going on. Well, that's what I see a lot on social media whenever we highlight these people. There's always people who say, you know, people are dumb. They'll follow anyone. Or how can you look at that woman and her hair and be like, yeah, this is going to work. This is normal. And I'm like, it's it's indoctrination. Like people need to understand this is this is a slow process where People are born into religion. They're surrounded by it. They begin to get cut off from other things and people in society. And they start to see successes happen within that community, like the weight loss. So Yeah, and that's a tangible thing. Or not tangible, I guess. But that's, a, that's hard facts mm-hmm. to see a number decrease. Right, right. Those are just facts. But... Um, it, and you know what? The fact that she was in the South, it's just different. If you're in, well, at least I'm speaking from experience, but if in if you're in New York City and you grow up, the church is just not a big deal. Right. It's not part of every kid in schools, oh, where do you go to church question when you're getting to know them. Exactly. It's just not. So... And people do bounce around from church to church and various denomination to denomination. So I guess hearing that somebody you think is right on one hand, especially if like, oh, well, she totally got me to lose 180 pounds. She must be of God. And she's dynamic and we'll get more into her church. But like they had dances. I mean, it's like a social club. Of people who all believe the same things as you, um, yeah. and you're or right things that you're telling them to believe exactly. <laughs> and you're right about the South. I'm just going to highlight a little story that I saw where there was a terrible event at a high school in Texas. One of the students, you know, committed suicide, and the counselor—it's a public school—passed out a little Christian book to everyone about Mm. hurting and God's love. Like, there is, that is the culture here. You're surrounded by it everywhere. Yeah. Further to that thing about it being a very Southern part of life, Mm -hmm. you, a lot of times, get your social group from there at a very young age. Uh, Like we did. Mm -hmm. 
Um, right. And we're just Bible Belt adjacent down here in Florida. You guys yeah. are really in the thick of it up there. Totally. Like where we grew up, I remember we are in one group and everyone outside is another group. But mm-hmm. here there isn't, it, it feels, yeah, that everything is one group um, that we get to be around that culture every day, all the time, etc. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to start a church, start it in the South anyway, because you're going to have a built-in situation where, yeah, and I hear that Gwen was very charismatic, and many times you felt she was talking right to you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they say about Tom Cruise. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you who else that I have met in person and uh, has that thing is Ira Glass. Oh. Yeah. I bet he does. Yeah. When he talks to you, it's like you go into portrait mode on your phone and everything else turns blurry. (laughs) It's just Ira. He's got a bit of a glow behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I love Um, that. Yeah. I know. So not only did we drive by the church, but I dipped into their website, which is pretty well organized. And from what I, I didn't see any like memorial or she is no longer with us. It it looks like, well, maybe she had the password because it is just like it was um, when she (laughs) was alive. Yeah, and you're saying that, and I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler about what we're going to talk about later. There was somebody whose child passed away, and they just kind of brush it under the carpet because in their church, if something bad happens like that, that means God's not on your side. Gotcha. Well, that's exactly it. When she died, a lot of people were saying, yeah, that was God preventing her from hurting other people or... You know, that was God judging or whatever. Uh, I don't believe like that, but have at it. So on the website, there are a bunch of different videos and different talking points and sermons. So I went to watch just the What We're About video. And Mm -hmm. it's her, it's her hair, it's her, you know, black mini dress, which they are very into purity, but her skirts were getting shorter and shorter. She really is petite, like shopping at American Girl Doll for clothes, petite. And so she starts off going, people are hurting. And then it has stock photos of families praying around a table, maybe. And then she gets into, yeah, that people are really suffering. And here comes a photo of a foreclosure sign. Yeah. So that you know. And then I swear there are pictures of like the Vietnam War where <laughs> someone's holding like a kid and there, there'd been a bomb and, you know, all things that I don't think happen on that two-lane road that they're on. Right. And then she talks about how she focused on God and the weight dropped off of her. But it was weird because she hadn't referenced anything about diet or diet culture before. She's just talking about people hurting and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden that. And she said she believes that weight issues aren't physical or mental, Mm -hmm. but they're spiritual. Mm -hmm. And that why systems failed in weight loss is because they were introduced by non-spiritual entities, hospitals, science, and (laughs) mainstream Christianity, because they're not mainstream. They have the right answer. But don't you think that spiritual is also mental? I mean, aren't those kind of the same? To me, yes. But this is how they can add in the supernatural aspect. And if you aren't plugged in to us and have that spiritual, you know, pipeline going, you're not going to experience this. Right. She also 
said, quote, there are many worldwide religions, but we need to look at the fruit, as in, we are a religion here at Remnant, look at our fruit. And if she's talking about people who look healthy and don't look overweight, then why aren't we looking at Eastern religions and Muslims? Like, this especially Southern Christian nation, if we're looking at the fruit of things, we should all be Hindus. (laughs) Yep. And um, I I just wanted to throw in there another thing. When you're talking about the systems of weight loss and everything, and um, there's, uh, there's a concept that has been introduced to me lately that we are so affected by the diet culture in our life that we don't even realize it. When we talk and we say things like, oh, I'm going to splurge and have blah, 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 blah. Or we're constantly saying, I was good today, I was bad today. And different ways of eating have that tied to it. And we are constantly beating ourselves up about it. Um, It's just... If if you think of any diet and you and you have to flip sometimes like oh have I counted calories was I good on that or bad on that was I counting macros was I good on that mm-hmm. or bad on that and it's just there's so much shame to it um, absolutely hers is adding the extra shame of you're not right with God yeah and that's that's an that's a good one to lure people in yeah because then you want to stay at that place to become right with God. And the whole diet culture thing also, you're right, like, it's in everything. And I remember I was at Starbucks once in line, and there were two ladies next to me, and one said to the other, am I hungry? And I just thought, (laughs) right there is handing over the authority of your body and your hunger to someone else to see if they think you should eat or not. Like, we just have this whole odd relationship with food. And obviously, diet culture and people who I dislike, like Jillian Michaels, really, (laughs) you know, uh, ends up making tons of money off of people who are suffering. And yeah, to relate it to your spirituality is insane. And and not just your spirituality, but ultimately, if you're going to die and go to heaven or hell. Uh, is, mm-hmm. Because in your mind, you're like, oh, my gosh, if I don't if I don't lose this weight, that means I'm not following Jesus, which means I'm going to hell. And the whole, <laughs> yeah, the whole idea of have I lost enough to be spiritual and I'm afraid to go outside because what if I get hit by a truck? Before I've lost that, I, I mean, it really builds yeah. into each other. Yeah. You can keep going. Um, so when she, not weight related, but when she uh, for, formed this church, people were really ticked off at her because somehow she denied the Trinity. Yes. She only focused on God. And if you're... If you're of a spiritual or a, of a Christian background, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are supposed to be equal. They are the package we deal. They are one in the same. They're they're water, like, ice, and gas, yeah. steam. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time. They all can't be at the same place as as three different things, you know. Because if you are. melt an ice cube and it turns into water, it's the same molecules. Yeah, yeah. And then whoosh! So I don't get. I don't even pretend to get it. Well, you know? what she said was, you know, there was like what is it? A conference, a meeting at Nicaea, and they decided a lot of things with the Bible and. All that. So her whole concept is that if you look in the Bible and say it's when Jesus is dying and he's like, God, why are you forsaken me? And she's like, how can you be the same person if you are forsaking yourself? 
Um, so I totally get what she's saying. What she's mm-hmm. saying is let's read and try and make sense of things. Good luck. But she didn't keep <laughs> reading to realize none of it makes sense because then the dollars would be gone. <sighs> But God. once she did that, that's when people really started going, oh, I think this is a cult because she is promoting and discounting certain things that are just accepted as part of the Christian paradigm. Yeah, and, and there were people, I remember uh, something in the documentary talking about, like, people writing letters, like, uh, turning around, like, oh, how can you reject the Trinity? <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. Everybody's just trying to figure out these answers. And uh, and lead a church with that half knowledge. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so at one point, when she's doing media appearances about about the 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 weight down weight down way down workshops she talks about okay the logic is if you don't eat you get thinner and then she just casually throws out there when people were in prison camps in the holocaust and ate less food they lost weight all of them oh my god god oh no oh no <laughs> oh no, no. and oh. I, I, th- she did that. I think was that on Larry King, who is Jewish, or was that a different show? <laughs> I don't remember which show she did it on, but it, it's I feel, and you have to kind of feel bad for somebody like that because she's just talking off the top of her head. It wasn't a wise thing to say. And then in subsequent interviews, they asked her about it, and she starts denying. And then one one of her PR handlers literally picked her little tiny body off of the <laughs> chair, shoved her away from the interviewer, and said, this is over. Really? Wow. So, um, <laughs> oh, gosh. And that's it. It's it's. She definitely didn't know what she was talking about in a lot of it. All she could point to was a success. And, you know, if you get a group of people together and you meet every week and discuss, we're going to do this, you're going to do that. That's And you're going to call each other and make sure you're all doing that. So she was all about, look, this proves everything. I think one time she also said that anorexics are so consumed that they don't see that they've become too thin. And I'm like, honey, honey, <laughs> like you, it, it's obvious that she was definitely later in life getting so thin that we're seeing parts of the body that we don't usually see until an autopsy. Like it's, it's outlined and it's pretty spooky she did have some this will sound horrible but she did have some awesome clothes i thought and i feel like every time i admit that to you and i'm okay with this dolly when she was growing up she'd say she'd see the sex workers in her neighborhood and go that's what i want to look like when i'm old enough to buy my (laughs) own clothes and dress how i want to dress and it's so i feel this weird shame but Gwen had some awesome clothes. She had I some great dresses. Uh-huh. Um, I'm I'm not completely opposed to her hair. <laughs> this is getting deep. Right. I know. But like she had some really good clean line dresses. I mean, as well as some that were just uh, yeah, you know, would, a southern yeah. mess. Like a the one I saw was like a, a black sleeveless shift dress. So The whole idea, you can see her arms, you can see her legs. They are all the same size as her neck. And so (laughs) that, to me, when I see that, like, I physically feel a little ill. Um, Yeah. What I find even more fascinating is the whole fucking idea, one, that she talked about the Holocaust, and two that this is one of those churches and she's one of those people that fetishizes Jewish culture and incorporates it into the Christian beliefs, which was 
a real thing in the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s, and now it's almost commonplace in a lot of churches mm-hmm. where they are like, we're God's people, and the Jews are God's chosen people, so we are, quote, adopted Jews, so okay. we will be having <laughs> Passover. We are going to be singing Hava Nagila. We're going to be... So that is now part of a lot of church cultures. Hmm. Okay. And Oh, because so, Jesus was Jewish? He would have been doing these things. I already said that at the beginning. I know, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gwen loves to use the Jewish way of addressing God with Yahweh, but leaving out the vowels because it's so holy. Mm-hmm. And she is all about dispensation in that we're to bring about, or she is, she's the only one who could mm-hmm. have, bring about Israel being lifted into the position it needs to be for God to come back. And that <laughs> okay. we're to help Israel do all that. Um But even in the wedding that we will later talk about in part two, you can see that they they put in a lot of Jewish customs because they're up in the air flying around on a chair. And just like I will sometimes tell my husband when I'm around a lot of my Cuban family and he loves it so much, I'll say, you're not Cuban, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to say to her, like, you're not Jewish. <laughs> um, but there is this weird, yeah, fetishizing. And that's where the whole title of the church comes from, the remnant, which is a Jewish, like, leftover people who do understand the real meaning of things and will bring about God's return or the Messiah. So, yeah, she likes It has likes to be another that. subset that is chosen. Correct. That okay. she just fits into all of it. All of them. She is the subset of the subset of the subset. Wow. So my favorite part is I was reading an article, and they have, like, a summer camp-type situation, and then they have all the adults gather around and do a fundraiser, and their church band plays, and they're called Hebronica. Oh, gosh. Like harmonica, but with yeah. Hebrew. <laughs> and <laughs> and wow. they perform the Daughters of Jerusalem dance. Uh, and What is that? It's, I assume... It would be a dance uh, where, <laughs> where it would, I'm seeing circles of young girls going, I don't know, in a very swirly type of circle dance. I'm not sure, but it would definitely be things that maybe you would see at a Jewish celebration. So they've, mm-hmm. they've gotten all these things and shoved it into their church to be like, look, see, we're just like you Mm-hmm. Jesus. I wonder if they were trying to attract the Jewish population for any way to monetize them. I don't uh, think they hmm. were totally Jews for Jesus people. Mm-mm. I really yeah. think they are like, we have a spiritual DNA that is Jewish. So we will be doing Jewish things. If if you say God is better than Jesus, maybe you go to the Old Testament for some stuff. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, her theology was getting all tangled up in there. Hmm. And that's why she felt it was okay to talk about the Holocaust, because it <laughs> happened to her. Stop. <laughs> I think she wasn't thinking when she said that. You're, now you're being nice. Well, <laughs> I know how quickly people can blurt things out and <laughs> fuck life up. She didn't have an editor like <laughs> we do. That's right. So we have so much more to go, but we're going to do that in part two. Um, again, go ahead, if you could, rate us and review us, and you can learn how you can get a Celebrity Saints candle 
and then find us on all our social media. But we will be back with part two that gets really crazy. Bye, guys. Shalom. Shalom.